<sighs> nice times today, boys. I'm still hurting from the Chelsea West Ham game. So none of this lefty lefty, none of that. All right, just a hello, welcome to the FTL podcast, an upbeat podcast in which we discuss the best and worst in football and put it in a list format. Is that okay? Yes, there's no singing. I'm happy, actually. That makes me feel better after Palace being drab against Burnley. What about you, Jack? Yeah, yeah, I'm happy. I mean, not not so much about Arsenal beating Norwich because that was always going to happen. But um, the fact that Saka has signed a new contract, that's that's probably the best news that we've had in a while, to be fair. Yeah. I, I mean, the most year transfers. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if we sold him, but at least now... <laughs> If we do, we're going to get a fair chunk for him because I think he's he's got a four or five year contract. I was half yeah. hoping we was going to get him at Chelsea. So I don't know why. I, you know, I should never believe football Twitter, but I was seeing reports that um, Saka was like wants to stay in London. He can play anywhere. Like he's yeah, yeah. But that could actually hold him back. To be fair, the fact that he can play anywhere, he doesn't. I think yeah. Arteta's mainly trying him in midfield now, which is interesting, but. I like I him on the wing, actually. I think he's he's made the right choice because I don't think he can... If he went to somewhere like Chelsea, I think Chelsea might may have been a, a good option for him if he was first team, which I think he would have been. Um, but anywhere else, to say if he went to City, United, anywhere else like that, I don't think he'll be first team. Uh, and at least at Arsenal, he can better his trade. So, yeah, I think he's made the right choice in terms of his career. I don't think yeah. it'll be a long-term thing, though, definitely. If he carries on doing what he does, but yeah, I mean, look, do you think? Uh, do you know what? I'm going to be a little bit more upbeat for this one because there's a lot of Chelsea mentions in it, not for good reasons, but um, yeah, this episode, I'm going to have some good input because there's going to be Chelsea-related stuff in it. Let's go for it, Jack. Tell us exactly what this one's about. So this week we're doing our top five worst transfers since the year 2000. So it's not it's not necessarily for the buying club, for the selling club. It's just what you interpret as as the worst ever transfers, really. Um, did you guys have any honourable mentions? Yeah, let me just say, I've, I've, I'm going to mention this one as a quick one, right? And this is a potential transfer flop. It's Chelsea's current keeper, Kepa. The fact that he's 75 million, we spent 75 million on a keeper alone, is crazy. But the rate he's playing at the moment, I think... If he carries on like that, I think we're going to end up seeing this as a major flop in the history of transfers. I don't know yeah, about you guys. I agree. I think also um, anyone coming out of Bilbao is overpriced because you know they have this thing where they can only play Basque players. So yeah. therefore, they've got a limit on who they can actually play. So I don't, I don't really get why people go for Bilbao. I mean, Laporte was decent. But even at the time, that looked expensive, and they do they do cost you know a chunk of money that could have got so many so many better options. But yeah, uh-huh. that's... yeah. So he he's one of my mentions. Uh, another Chelsea player, like I said, the Chelsea thing is uh, Avaro Morata, sixty million to, to do absolutely nothing, just jump on the floor. But the only thing is, Marina strikes again. She. Uh, she recouped that money. So that, that's the yeah. reason it's not on my list because we got if that money. If anything, he might be a flop for Atleti because like, he, he basically cost the same amount, didn't he? And yeah. I remember Atleti used to be so good at buying strikers and these I... last few they've bought. So Jackson Martinez didn't make my list because, again, they made the money back off him. But 
Yeah. He's honourable mention for me. That that ruined his career as well. And then one that potentially could be a flop, Jao Felix. And we we didn't include him on our, our top under 21 list, did we? And I, I just don't see he's going to be successful in that I team. Agree. In that, I agree. Under that yeah. manager, I just don't think it's going to happen for him. Was that 120, wasn't it? Something ridiculous. Yeah, it was, it was over 100 million, yeah. Yeah, that's a ridiculous amount for a, someone that young. You know, it went at the sound of uh, Sancho, 150 or something stupid like that. For Jao Felix, no, nah, no, thank you. That, that was a terrible buy, I think. And I, I don't think he's going to live up to his full potential. Uh, just to finish off my last two. So another Chelsea player, of course, Tammy Bakayoko. So I think we spent around the region of 30 to 40 million on this guy. I think... At the time, he was tainted as the like the kind of Pogba-esque type of player, box the box um, and can, you know, score goals from outside the box and create play. And from that Monaco team as well, where they had Mbappe, etc. He came. He played one brilliant game against Tottenham. I think it was his debut, and then he just flopped. He he was terrible. And again, the reason why he's not in my top five because there's some pretty damn bad ones already out there, but. Also, Marina, it sounds like this this transfer window, she's going to recoup that money again. Uh, for some reason, AC Milan are willing to spend 30 to 40 million on him. Oh, they're, they're really bad at spending money these days. Yeah, uh, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so, the last one, and this, got, this guy might be on your list, is Tevez to Shanghai. Is it Shanghai? Oh, yeah. So, that was like 71 million, right? For a year, wasn't it, or something? Yeah. And then he went... And he played like 25 games or something. But listen, 21 million is a ridiculous amount of money for like a year's worth of playing and 25 games, if that, it's a lot of money wasted. But the only reason I didn't put him on the list, the main list, is because he probably attracted a lot more players to the Chinese league and attracted the audience to watch that league in general. Um, so I think at its benefits as opposed I to... Think, I think the whole point of it as well was more the business side of it as well. Yeah. Maybe, think. That whole league sales. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Massive. So, in terms of footballing, 71 million for someone who doesn't do anything. And, again, his wage packet was ridiculous. Like, he was earning ridiculous amounts. Like, more than Messi, I think, at that point. In terms of, like, buying a player for their footballing ability and only getting 25 games out of him, terrible. But, as a business, I think it was a good good move, probably. So, yeah, they're my honourable mentions. Boys, have you got any others? I do. I've got um, Ali Dia. From Sunderland up to Sunderland. <laughs> oh, yeah. I know it's before 2000, which is why he's not actually on the list. But the fact he actually managed to con multi-trophy manager to get himself from non-league football, three minutes he got at Sunderland, he managed to con himself. He was scored as well. How? Yeah, he, he basically blagged, he got a friend to blag his way and say that he was George Weir as cousin. Ali yeah. like scored <laughs> twice for Senegal. Even if Not you are though, even if you are George Weir's cousin, doesn't mean you're any good at football. That's <laughs> <laughs> what I don't get. What sort of selling point is that? He scored two goals for Senegal. Go have a look at him. Brought him down to training. Managed to get through training. Got named on the bench. And because Matt Letizia got injured after like 35 minutes or something, he got put on. And <laughs> Last third, the whole of the second half, and it's like, what? How do you con Graham Souness 
Like, because he's a scary man in himself. How do you con him into you know, getting yourself 50 minutes on the pitch? Do you know what made me laugh at that? I, I remember watching the, uh, it wasn't a documentary, but a little clip about it. And his old manager, which was like, <laughs> I don't know, probably a Sunday League manager. It was like, this guy came down, he played for us. He was terrible. Next minute, <laughs> I'm watching Sky Sports and he's, he's playing for Sunderland. Can you imagine that? Oh, mate. Especially seeing how bad he was as well. Yeah, yeah, it's a great, great uh, honourable mention. Any, any more? Uh, you've probably got Torres, but I didn't have him on the list because purely for the fact that he scored the semi-final goal against Barcelona to ensure Chelsea got to the Euro Champions League, which like, at the new camp, you're two one up on away. You're going through on away goals. The fact that and Barca were pushing as well. The fact that Torres finished it, I think goal itself sort of got back a lot of the money they spent, even though he yeah. wasn't doing particularly well. So that's why he's an honourable mention, but I don't think he deserves to be on the list. 100%. That goal itself, I'd pay £50 million for. If you were to tell me I'd pay £50 million to have a Champions League in Chelsea's history, uh, which no other London club have got, yeah, then yeah, you know, I'd do that. Right. And that's Also, I... Another one of Chelsea's brilliant players that on the list that I thought would be harsher put on the list is Winston Bogard. Purely for the fact that he you bought got him on a free. You haven't really lost anything apart from the wages. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's a Chelsea list basically, this thing, isn't it? Jack, any honourable mentions you got? Um yeah, I I wanted to get one of I've I've managed to squeeze on one of like Wenger's late big money purchases on there. But yeah, two that didn't quite make it were Mustafi and Lacazette. They're both absolutely shocking. Um, one of the worst players to put on the shirt in the last 10 years. But um, do you want to go into your five, Tom? My number five is another Chelsea player. Maybe a bit harsh, but it's definitely a forgotten midfielder who's been bought in recent years. Jordan, can you guess who I'm thinking of? Midfielder? Or he's recently? On my, he's on my list. I've got, I don't who think is he it? is. I don't want to give it away just in case my one. It's a mid, I, I, midfielder, I, remember. I think you might be thinking something. Has he got the initials with a D? Yes. Double D. Oh, that was going to be my surprise one. Danny Drinkwater. Yes, because I think everyone on the planet's forgotten about him. He, oh, yeah, I did. I, I was thinking of Veron, you know. No. This Danny Drinkwater, he done really well at Leicester in the sense that he played a lot of the long balls through over the top for Jamie Vardy and got a lot of assists that way. He had Kante next to him. They both sort of like kept quite a good defensive unit and then got bought by Chelsea. I think it was over like 35 million. I think it was like 37.3, wasn't it? Or something silly like that. Yeah. And then just completely forgotten about. It was like, I don't understand why you'd buy that much spending that much on Danny Drinkwater. He wasn't really a player of ability and he's just, just turned into a bit of a nothing player, unfortunately, in my eyes. There just didn't seem to be any obvious quality with Danny Drinkwater apart from a Premier League medal. Yeah, it wouldn't have been so bad if you got him like together with Kante because you could at least say, oh, it was like a double deal and you had to get one with the other. But he, yeah. he came, what, a year or two later, didn't he? So there's yeah. no excuses for that. Yeah, terrible boy. I've got him on my list, but yeah, I'll go into him a bit more. Uh, my number five is Angel Di Maria. So when he went from Real Madrid to Man United for 60 million, 27 appearances and he scored three goals. I think for this one, the transfer for both the club and the player 
was not good. I mean, yeah. I, I believe De Maria's house got robbed straight away. As soon as he was there, his house got robbed. Uh, he didn't like Manchester. And to quote, this is exactly what he said. I wasn't happy there. I personally think he just didn't like it there. And I think it's a massive factor in the, in the players' uh, performance when, when they're at a new country, a new club, uh, need to get used to things. If you don't like it, you don't like it. And it's going to affect you on the pitch. So it was a massive flop in that sense. However, when he moved over to PSG, he's not been too, too bad. You know, he settled in quite he's nice. the top assister in, yeah. in the league, maybe even in the whole of Europe. Yeah. In De Bruyne. So he, he's obviously got quality. Just and he had it didn't in work Madrid. for him, did it? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, he makes my number five. Go on, Jack, you're number five. My number five, Tom's already mentioned him, actually. Winston Bogard. Um, <laughs> he's a free transfer. So, yeah, I, I get it from that point. But I can't think of a worse free transfer ever. <laughs> I can. <laughs> he, he played, so he played Cal- nine games in four years, but none in the last three. I've got one. <laughs> what about Kallstrom um, for, for Arsenal? No, because he, he had a meaningful <laughs> contribution in his time there in the what? FA Cup semi-final against Wigan. Oh, he scored oh. in the shootout, so at least I mean, yeah, I, I can't claim to be an expert on Bogards if he did do anything <laughs> in them nine games, but it's, this is just a perfect example of. I mean, there's a lot of uh, obviously at this time of year when contracts are expiring, there's a lot of talk about best ever free agent 11s and stuff, but especially these days with the signing on fees and stuff, just because they're free doesn't mean they're gonna yeah. gonna be a bargain and. And not only was it bad for Chelsea, it was obviously bad for the player as well because he never got a cap again for Holland and he never got a contract after that for any other team. He just retired. And I think that's because of how he acted at Chelsea. And it was really well known that basically he just want to sit on the bench. And he was like 34. So he could have he could have still done a job somewhere, but no one wanted to give him a contract. So I guess he thought he was being clever sitting it out, but... He's, he's sort of done himself in there as well and really ruined his, his rep because I think he was in the IX 95 side and he, he probably could have built quite a decent career in, in the Prem. He's obviously a decent player, but yeah, he just preferred to, to sit out that contract than leave. And it's just a, a massive example of, of what can go wrong with a free transfer. Yeah. No, 100%. True. Come on, Chelsea, what are you doing? Tom, number four. I've got a joint number four because they are obviously the same, um, say obviously, they are the same price range. Okay. Uh, the first part is another Chelsea signing. Uh, it's oh. Shevchenko. Oh, yeah. uh, unlike Torres, although he did get some goals, he just didn't seem to do score anything meaningful. And he seemed like a player that Abramovich wanted more than Mourinho, who was in charge at the time. Yeah, like yeah. Mourinho yeah. obviously favoured Drogba, whereas Abramovich wanted Shevchenko to play. Like Shevchenko was absolutely amazing at AC Milan. And he sort of picked up some form again when he got brought back later on. But I don't believe it was for the same value that was given. So Chelsea ended up losing a lot of money for a Abramovich desire rather than for the team. And the other player, who was of the £30 million price range, was Robinho for Man City as well, when they'd just been taken over and they'd splashed the cash and somehow managed to sign Robinho. And you always hear the rumours that he, he was thought he was signing best. for Man United and ended up at yeah. Man City. It's Chelsea. 
It was, Chelsea, huh? it was supposed to be signing for Chelsea. Oh, yeah, because they were playing Chelsea the first game, weren't they? And yeah. he knew that was his first game, but he thought he was going to play for Chelsea. Yeah. yeah. And he ended up yeah. at Man City, and he just seemed to never really kick on. And his career just ultimately nosedived. Unlike Shevchenko, managed to recover a bit of it. Rubinho never seemed to pick up from it. So that's why yeah. they're number four on my list. Both 30 million, both big. At the time as well, 30 million was a lot for a player. It was like yeah, a Premier League transfer record, wasn't it? Around that yeah. sort of level. I think for both of these, um, these transfers are particularly bad for the player because both clubs had a lot of money. So it wasn't like... They were, kind of, they were kind of statement signings, weren't they? Yeah. Mm. And I think for City, I don't think they'll regret signing Rubinho, to be fair. Because if, if that managed to convince the likes of Vincent Company and that to come... Fair enough, because I think he he joined around the same time and and those sort of players. But for Rubinho, oh, that's a terrible deal, isn't it? Because he was he was starting for Real Madrid, and he basically just got completely replaced after that in Brazil. Mm. And I know he still played, but he wasn't he wasn't ever going to be the main man after that City stay. So that's that's a shocker for him more than anything. Mm. Definitely. These Brazilians, they do like to go for for the money, don't they, a lot of the time. And, you know. Party lifestyle. Jordan, who's your number four? Yeah, so uh, I'm going to get a stick for this one. Going off the back of what Jack said, a player who just wants to sit on a bench and do nothing, my number four is Mesut Ozil. So he signed from Real Madrid in 2013 for £42.5 million. Now, that's quite a big chunk of money, right? I think what this guy has cost Arsenal in terms of money and his contract because of his attitude, he's just split the fans, made a fan base split between I'm pro-Ozil, I'm, I'm not Ozil. I think Arsenal were, at the time, trying to build a team around him. I think he's caused more problems than, he, he's, than he's really provided. Like, I don't, he, what's he got? A hundred, he's got 33 goals and 54 assists in 184 games. Now, those numbers don't sound too bad, right? The only thing the assists are, are really good, right? But, I just think he's caused so much more problems and over the time span he's been there, what, so this 2013 he joined, it's now 2020, he's been there seven years. I don't think that's a good return in terms of his potential and what you was buying into. Yeah, uh, it's, it's a tricky one because I think I completely disagree if you're talking his first four years at the club in terms of making this list. But if you're talking biggest waste of money ever rather than biggest transfers ever... Obviously, that contract that he got in January 2018 was one of the worst contracts ever. So there's an argument for it. I think, but he was, it's a weird one because he did he did have he did have a couple of quality seasons. Um, one of them, especially he, soon he, after he signed. Yeah, the thing that pulls it for me is that so soon after he signed, he seemed quality. So for me, for it to be one of the worst transfers, you'd have to be flopping near on quite soon. Whereas I felt he offered a bit and it's just a gradual decline since then. So I think, as Jack said, as a term of waste of money, yes, but initial transfer, I sort of get what you're getting at, Jordan. It's the long-term thing, but... My point is, I think, and Arsenal in the position at the time, I think, not just moving moving stadium, or the stadium was quite new anyway. Um, And you were like, in a position where you're not, you're not buying big players, and this was a major buy. This was like a, a head turner. You know, Arsenal are going to move in the right direction, build a team around someone like this, 
right? Okay, you might, like, if you're looking at long term, Chelsea always seems to buy players with a good attitude. They don't buy anyone with some someone who is going to be terrible for the team, right? Bar one player on my list, all right? This guy here, I think you need to assess the kind of player you, you're getting. And yeah. I, I'm looking for the, I'm looking at it from a long term perspective. Even if you're talking, he's had a couple of good seasons here. If you are looking to build a team around this player for the long term, so say you're De Bruyne's etc. like that, if you are, if this player is going to come in to be that guy, you need to look long term. You need to look like can this guy last that long? Can is he going to be? Has he got the right attitude for this club? And I think it's caused way more divide than and trouble than it's worth. So forty-two million for someone who's really put this club. I think he's done a lot of detriment to the club because you could probably get rid of him for those years. He also could have probably got a, a, a similar um, playmaker. He could have probably done the exact same as what he's done, played more and probably led the team into maybe fighting for the Premier League. And the overall aura that he brings to the club, I think it impacts the way the club plays. And yeah. I think to buy into that, you know, you need to know what you're buying. Yeah, I think this is a case of not selling him at the right time because him and Sanchez should have been sold in 2017, both of them. Um, And I think, rumour had it, we were offered offered Aguero for Sanchez plus about 20 million. Um, But remember at the time, Sanchez was like scoring more goals than Aguero and stuff. but, But we all know that Aguero is a much better player. So yeah, we should have taken that. Of course, and I think Arsenal just not very good at dealing with the contract situation. But I think at the initial time, obviously, it was a really good starting because it was a statement, and he did give us the initial lift of we challenged for the first time in about five years. And who knows if Ramsey hadn't got injured, we might have finished second, um, and we obviously won the FA Cup. And he did have he did have some success in uh, individually as well. Yeah, it's a tale of two halves for Ozil's career, I think. His first four years were pretty good, I think. But since then, his last three, which will be his last four with the last year, are, are going to be shocking. So, um, yeah, yeah, it really depends I on how you look that. at it. Yeah, I do get I, what Jordan's getting at, but I do feel that um, Ertel coming over, did he not make way for Sanchez to come over, who at the time was a big Barcelona left winger as well yeah yeah it, it was kind of like almost like the Robinho effect in a way yeah I think long term it was it's not been good so I get where Jordan's coming across short term yeah. it was a very good buy so I think it comes across whether you look at it short term or long term yeah uh, obviously wouldn't argued quite well that you should be looking for a long term with these transfers especially the big ones yeah but, uh, it's, yeah, because I, I understand where you're coming from because, yeah, it did make an impact the first competition and, and if you did bring Sanchez, if that was a factor, then yeah, of course. But I think, and I, I may be wrong, but it looks like Arsenal were trying to build a team on this guy. He was the playmaker. And if you're going to be, if you're going to have someone like that, you need to seriously consider what this type of player is uh, in terms of attitude. And it Definitely. just, uh, yeah. it, I don't think he's done that for you. But yeah, Jack, you're number four. My number four is uh, an Arsenal player from 2001. It's Francis Jeffers. So this move did not make sense (laughs) for anyone. So he cost 13 million, which 
at the time was a hell of a lot of money. And it was actually, so I believe Will Todd was our record signing, but I believe this was either second or third in our top signings ever. Um, and he didn't even come with a massive reputation, really. He'd not had an England cap yet. And he was only ever going to be fifth choice striker because we had Henri Burkamp and then we had Canem and Wiltord. So you had to be an amazing player to, to get into the team. So I don't, I don't get why we spent that much money on him because he never played. When he did play, he was rubbish. I think he scored in the league. He got like four or five goals and he might have got three or four more in the Cups. And it's, it's no good for his career because he was just making substitute appearances and he could have been like where he was at Everton at the time. Everton are, you know, not a bad level, are they? They're, they're the typical club that people sort of mention, don't they, when they're saying, oh, they want to take the step up, but they're not ready for the top four or whatever. He should have just stayed at Everton. And for Everton, if he was going to be any good, then they've, they've kind of lost out on that as well. So this move just didn't make sense for anyone. And for Arsenal standards, he was like their second or third highest transfer fee in history. To have that on your name and be this poor, this is like really bad. I mean, I say I always say Lacazette's bad, but Jeffers is just like shocking. What a terrible, terrible buy. Good shout. Tom, you're number three. My number three, well, you guys have put uh, players in from your team, so I thought I should put a player in from Palace as well. I mean, Palace have got a real knack for getting past it players, especially in the past and even to some extent now. But we've had players like Adebayor come over. We've had players like Kevin Phillips, Attila Lombardo. Adebayor well, <laughs> Yeah. Like we had, uh, what was it? Stefan Iverson as well come over. Do you know why? It's because you're in you're in London, and exactly you you just attract attract these players, isn't it? That they, they wouldn't they probably wouldn't come to you if, if you weren't in London, but because you are, they it's quite an attractive uh, place to be. Yeah, yeah. Edgar Davids, he'll be on the list because <laughs> he just didn't do anything, and for a player of that quality, he should have done something. Or just yeah, should not have, be. He? So it was just didn't it didn't make any sense. It just it, like you said, he probably just wanted to come to London, but no, nah, it just it was a weird one. It was great to see Edgar Davids at Palace, but whenever <laughs> you watched him, it was really weird to see someone who was so clearly past it trying mm. to play football. And God bless him, I loved him back in the nineties and early two thousands, but he was nowhere near up to standard. Although that being said, you could argue that Stefan Iverson, when he came over, he wasn't at all good. There's so many Palace players we could put on there. But I think yeah. Edgar Davids. No, fair play. My number three is Sanchez to Man United from Arsenal. Um, yeah, this this did not go to plan, did it? I mean, as we mentioned earlier on, Jet Sanchez was just unreal at Arsenal. I mean, he was getting compared to Hazard. Um, and to be compared to Hazard, it's just you know something else. You know, uh, I'm not his biggest fan, so I, I thought know. that was a bit. Of, I thought that was a bit of a stretch, but yeah, yeah, he did yeah, score I, a lot of goals. He he was doing, he was doing things. Secondly, that you know other wingers weren't doing in the Prem at the time, um, yeah. and he was he was he was getting the stats. He was getting the numbers anyway, and that's what Man United thought they were getting. But I think it's like thirty-one million, wasn't it? And um, was did you get Mikatarin in return? Yeah, but it was a bit of a 
I don't know if it was an FFP thing. We basically paid the same amount of money that they paid. So, yeah, it was essentially a, a straight swap. Yeah. So, I think for Man United's expectations of what Sanchez is going to be to what they actually got, it's terrible. I think he scored in 52 appearances. I, I may be wrong. He only scored four goals. And his uh, wages were absolutely yeah. huge. They were it's like 500 grand a week. Yeah, that's what I was just about to go. He was costing the club, and bear in mind it's fine because it's Man United and they're one of the biggest clubs in the world. Uh, but they're still in massive debt, I, I believe. Um, but 500k a week for doing nothing, well, four goals in 52 games. He's mm. that's ridiculous. You're rinsing the club. I mean, the one thing I remember about this transfer is the introduction he got. I remember looking at my Twitter timeline. It was like, oh, Sanchez is going to. Uh, to Man United, it's like, okay, yeah, whatever, whatever, and all of a sudden it happened, and then I just see a video yeah, playing a piano, glory, glory, Man United, and I was thinking, oh my god, they've made a big deal out of this, and I was thinking, right, Man United are going to be a force to be reckoned with. Um, lo and behold, they were terrible, and Sanchez just did not cut it, really, did he? Yeah, so- this was bad. This one, um, I've got a similar at three. So I've actually put down the Alexis Sanchez Mkhitaryan swap deal because yeah, you talk about Sanchez, but the Mkhitaryan deal as well was not good for us. <laughs> I mean, you talk about wages; he's still on about two hundred grand a week, which I think was about what Sanchez was on at Arsenal. So really, we're now paying the same amount of wages for a player that, at the time you know, was a lot worse. But the funny thing about this deal is both player, both teams got a worse player because Mkhitaryan at United is better than Sanchez at United and Sanchez at Arsenal is better than Sanchez at United. But actually, Mkhitaryan seemed to get worse. Sanchez seemed to get worse. And if they, they just would have both been better off staying where they were, other than for their wallets. Um, and sure. yeah, they're, they're both playing in Italy now, aren't they? And I think... They're still probably the wages are probably still being paid by Arsenal and United to a point. It's just a really, really bad swap deal for, for the players and the clubs involved because it, it just was a complete downward spiral. No one won the deal other than I the agent. The only I, person, I think, yeah, apart from the agent and the players' misses, nobody really came <laughs> off the front in that deal. Well, I mean, they're living in. Uh, Milan and Rome now as well, so you can't really choose much better places, can you, for the missus? No, I don't think Sanchez has got a missus. He's got two dogs, hasn't he? He loves off these dogs. Oh, that's true, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> weirdo. Um, right, <laughs> Tom, your number two. My number two is a terrible transfer on the basis of the selling club. It was uh, Sir Alex Ferguson has admitted this to be one of the biggest transfer mistakes of his life. Um, this is coming from a guy who tried to sign Bebe, who was only signed because he'd done well at the Homeless World Cup. Um, <laughs> it's selling Yap Stam, which mm. you never really see the selling club really suffer too much that you'd expect, if you know what I mean. But for Man United, to sell one of their best centre-backs that they had in a long time there. Yeah. And that's going back when they had Steve Bruce and whatnot. And to suffer as much as they did. Gary Neville even said that they wasn't expecting him to sell Yapstam 
And when they did, he said it took him about five or six seasons for them to fully recover. Now, mm. team like Man United, who should be able to attract the best players to come in, should be able to settle. So you, you always expected United at that time, from the 90s and 2000s, to have a settled side. But for them to be that unsettled, I think said a lot about how much Yapstam really did. I think there's a lot of strikers at the time who saw United selling Yapstam, suddenly growing confidence and no longer fear having to play United. Because just looking at Yapstam makes me want to cack myself, let alone actually having yeah. to go up against him. Like My ankles are dodgy as it is, but if I had to play against Yapstam, I'd probably put concrete around it to make sure. But <laughs> selling someone of that calibre and that quality and never really replacing them for years to come, not until they got like Ferdinand and Vidic involved, I think it says a lot. That's so a that's great shout. From the year, because I think he wasn't there for that long, but he won the league every year. And from the mm. time that he was sold to the time they brought Vidic, which was like five years, they only won one league title. So which it's all United, Yeah. And they were like completely dominant when Stan was there. So, yeah, that, that's, a, that's a proper shout, that one. Did you imagine Thierry Henry up against Yap Stan? Well, I mean, Henry really seemed to kick on after Stan left, actually. So it'll be quite, yeah. be quite interesting to see, like, it's one of them, what would have happened, what ifs, if Yap Stan mm-hmm. stayed with Henry and Burkamp dominated United like they used to do. Because there was a quite yeah. a time whenever you saw it, it was very close. If Yap stammered there, would he have nullified or helped to nullify the threat from Henri and Bergkamp? But you never know. Yeah, that's a, that's a great shout, actually. Uh, right, so my number two, Tom's already mentioned it, I think it was your number five, uh, Danny Drinkwater. About Tom mentioned, it came in 2017 for like 37, 35 to 37 million. He only made 12 appearances and he only got one goal. Uh, this guy has a lot of issues, man. I mean, he... I don't know. I don't think Antonio Conte, Conte wanted him. Um, I think it's one of those bald buyers. And at the time, we had this guy, Emanalo, that was his name. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. And apparently he was one of his buyers. So he used to make the transfer decisions. Danny Drinkwater was always on our radar. He came in and he just did not hit the ground. He, like Tom said, he wasn't a special player, so I'm not underst- I'm understanding the logic behind it. Had the issue with the drinking and driving. I don't know what happened to him. He just, I think he's completely out of his depth. I think that Leicester team, he should have just stayed in it. Probably could have had a leg- legendary status out there because he'd won the league with them. If he carried on and he carried on performing for Leicester, his career could have gone a completely different direction. But he just blew it um, at Chelsea, and he's, I think he's blowing it at Aston Villa at the moment. I don't think he's even playing at Aston Villa. Um, and this move here, detrimental to Danny Drinkwater because he couldn't. He was out of depth. Detrimental to Chelsea because he filled a position where I think Conte would have players like Verratti and we were strongly linked with Verratti at the time. But we went with Danny Drinkwater. Now, that does not add up at all. Uh, and I'm glad that Amanalo guy's gone because it, if it is the case that he was the one that made these decisions, then... You know, terrible. But yeah, he has to be in my list for that amount of money as well. It's not cheap. Jack? Yeah, my number two. It's, it's another one where it doesn't really make sense for anyone, this one. I've, well, sort of for the player, but not for the two clubs involved. It's, uh, it's Gilfie Sigurdsson 
Swansea to Everton for fifty million. So this is this is a strange one where he's not worth anywhere near fifty million to Everton. I forgot it was that much. Yeah, I mean he he did score yesterday, so it's not really helping my case. But uh, he's he's not, is he? He's not he's not worth anywhere near fifty million to Everton. He's not improved them at all. Um, and he's not playing as regularly now. And we all know mainly he's he's good from free kicks and corners, not really from open play. But to Swansea, he was massive. Um, mm. He used to get him like eight to ten goals a season, quite a few assists and stuff. He was. And since they sold him, they got relegated that season, which means the fifty million that they got for him, they're losing more than that now in TV payments, and they don't look like coming mm. up anytime soon. So it's one of these where they didn't replace didn't him. Make, yeah, they didn't replace him because they couldn't really. You know, people didn't want to go there, and he was worth way more than that to Swansea. Not worth anywhere near that to Everton. I wouldn't say he's got any worse or any better. Um, being at Everton, he's a decent player. He's decent, yeah. That's that's all you can say about Sigurdsson, really. I'd take he, him at Palace, to be honest. You would, but you wouldn't pay, take him for fifty million, would you? Nowhere near fifty million. Thirty million yeah. are generous. I didn't know yeah. it was that much. He'll be Sigurdsson. It's one of the. Yeah, there was another one I thought of that didn't make the list, but it's kind of similar. Is um, Sean Wright Phillips when he went to Chelsea because that was that was quite a lot of money back in the day and he yeah. didn't really bring anything to Chelsea and Man City kind of lost their best player at the time so that was another one but I just thought this was worse because Swansea got relegated from it so they've ended up losing out on more than 50 million quid by doing that and there's True. there's probably decisions that have to be made about these relegated or clubs that are staying up but they're only staying up because of one player. What do they do about it? Mm. It's true. That is very true. That is very true. It's a very good show. I think the best thing for Everton is that he's actually still producing some things. Like He still delivers something, whether it's a good ball into the box or free kicks or penalties. He still can deliver something, which is the only saving grace to it. Yeah. And I guess he'll be yeah. number one if he was an absolute flop. Yeah. 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 Well, go on then, Tom. Your number one. My number one is one you've already said. It's Sanchez to United. Yeah. Just from the full fact that you're paying someone five hundred grand a week, a week, half a million a week, to just not perform. It was. It's. Oh, it's mind-boggling. I remember seeing him at Palace, and he didn't even look like I would even want him in the Palace squad. He was just absolutely awful. It's interesting because at the time, he seemed to be sort of at Arsenal to me. Just before he left, he seemed to be going down this sort of... Didn't really want to be there. Yeah, the you time. could tell, couldn't you? In and his last sort of six months, he wasn't the same. Yeah, his head had gone. And you're then offering half a million a week. You didn't <laughs> pay that much for Rooney, who was actually doing bits for you back in the day half a million a week to just not change his head or mindset. And it just, they had him for so long and he, it was so frustrating just seeing him not perform because you could see it, Barcelona had bags of ability. Mm. When he first came to Arsenal, it was between him, Aguero and Hazard to who was the best 
at the time and then to really drop off and then to spend all that money on him a week to come it just didn't make any sense to me and it's half a million a week I remember watching Palace growing up barely spending that much on a player yeah and seeing that come through it's just mind-boggling could you imagine getting paid a hundred 500 grand a week half a million yeah I don't think I'd stop running that's 26 million a year that's ridiculous that's another reason why that transfer was terrible because it set a precedent of how players will get paid in United so they you had the likes of Pogba throwing his toys out the pram because he wasn't getting paid I remember he was saying I'm not going to sign a new contract and then he did and he he was getting a, a significant amount and it was it's just an ongoing thing and it will be at Man United if whoever's the top player it's, it's the same with Arsenal except they kind of controlled their players I mean if someone big came into Arsenal you don't think they would be like well Arsenal's getting 350k a week I should at least be getting that you know it's, you have to set a bar somewhere you can't just yeah. be like my, my top player is going to get so much money you have to set a bar somewhere and for Sanchez to go to Man United and then to do that it's ridiculous Tom it's, funny you mention Rooney though because he so he left um, before but he had a thing in his contract and I don't know how common this is but it's I don't know the, the exact name of it, but it basically means that you have to be the highest paid player at the club. Yeah. So if, if someone comes in and is on those wages, yours get matched. Cool. Mm. Luck, luckily for United, he left Everton the year before. Otherwise, he would have been on 500 grand a week as well. A million on two players. <laughs> um, right. So my number one, I changed it halfway through. So my one, number one was going to be Andy Carroll. Um, but I. After Tom said about Yap Stam and the selling club, it just brought me back to Chelsea and what we've lost. So I think in terms of transfers and thinking of it long term, I think losing Kevin De Bruyne, losing Mo Salah, losing Lukaku, losing players like that has to be in the list. Having a manager like Mourinho not seeing potential in these players, and you can't tell me, oh yeah, they were young, they, they may not have developed that way. You can't tell that when you're a talented player and world class, right? A world class talented player. If someone doesn't notice that in you, and not just one player, you're talking three, maybe four players, then there's something wrong, right? So to lose all those players, you know, can you imagine Chelsea's squad and the longevity of that squad if they kept it together? You would have had Eden yeah, Hazard, yeah. you would have Mo Salah on the right hand side with Eden Hazard. You've got Kevin De Bruyne in the middle, creating stuff. Lukaku probably would have stayed on and would have scored loads of goals up top. You know, that just there, that's a, that's a solid... You wouldn't, you wouldn't have to change the strike force for years. Go that was on. interesting. The whole City game where De Bruyne played, he actually looked great, which was the weird thing. He looked amazing. He looked very calm on the ball. I think he got an assist. I'm not sure if he scored in that game as well. But Chelsea came away winners and he played well. And still after that, just nothing happened from it. And yeah. then to sell him after a couple of good performances, like it wasn't like he was Alisson and Dai for Palace who came through and when he played didn't look great and that's why he left. Kevin De Bruyne looked good and good for Chelsea as well, which is weird why he got sold. 
Yeah, this is what I mean. I mean, and it's because Mourinho had this thing about youth players. He wouldn't play them. But it hurts the potential that we had there. And those players are world-class players now. There's no denying it. Uh, Lukaku, borderline, but he still like produced so many goals. And I think if he stayed in that Chelsea team, he would have been a world-class striker. We could have had our next dropper or something like that. Um, those wings would have been beautiful, like Hazard and Mo Salah and Kevin De Bruyne to, to, to set it all up. I mean, that would have been a ridiculous team. And Chelsea would have potentially dominated like Man United did if, we, if that stayed together. But to sell those three players, I think, has to be the biggest, for me, the biggest transfer flop since 2000, 100%. Did they go in the same year then? In the same window? or? Uh, not that I know of. I know most of had like a, a loan spell and then he, he, he left. Uh, I think Kevin and Bruyne, he left before most of I think. Um, what about Lukaku? Did, they, did he leave at the same time as KDB? No, again, I think he had a couple of loan spells. Um, but I think just... In terms of just getting, those three. Yeah, just, yeah. Yeah, just getting rid of them in general, that is that was the problem. My reason here is to transfer out such talent that could have made that team unbeatable for years is um, my main reason why this is number one. Jack, you're number mm. one. Yeah, so my number one, I think he's the third or fourth highest transfer fee of all time. And it is still early days, but there's no way he's going to be a success. It's Philip Coutinho. Really? To Barcelona? Liverpool to Barcelona. Yeah, I think it's about 150 million euros or something like that. I mean, obviously, a great deal for Liverpool because they've they've actually got better since. Um, Yeah, I didn't know it was that much. I forgot. From Coutinho's perspective, couldn't have timed it any worse because he's missed out on the Champions League and a Premier League title. He was like their star player at Liverpool, even though, I guess, Salah and Mane are better than him but at the time yeah he was he was their star player and now he's sort of either sitting on the bench at Barcelona or playing out of position and he's been loaned out hasn't he to he's a Bayern yeah and I think he's his agents kind of trying to get get interest from Arsenal Man United and stuff like that and he's just taken a massive downturn since that move and Barcelona Mm. I just don't trust them with loads of money when they have loads of money they don't make Good signings. Their Most best signings the come from their best signings come from like when it's they're being fringy with money. If you know what I mean, like they don't really yeah. want to spend it, or if they're getting just their youth players through. Yeah, or even so, the players that they have signed, like Alba and PK, were originally from their youth team. So mm-hmm. yeah, when they have big money like this, I mean, another one was Dembele as well. He's the same, but I think yeah. I'll let him off because he's a bit younger and been injured. But Coutinho is just. It's just been a shocker for, for Barca and he's really uh, regressed massively. And for someone that's not that old, he shouldn't be having a decline like this. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's a good shout, actually. Um, didn't think about Great it. Right, so, Tom, if you just go for your five to one. My number five is Danny Drinkwater. Number four is Shevchenko and Robinho. Number three was Edgar David's my number two was Yap Stam, and my number one was Sanchez. Okay. So, yeah, my number five was Di Maria. Number four was Ozil. Number three was Sanchez. Number two was Danny Drinkwater. And number one was basically Chelsea, Selling, KDB, Salah and Lukaku. 
Jack. My number five was Winston Bogard. Number four was Francis Jeffers. Number three was Sanchez Mikitarin swap deal. Number two was Gilfie Sigurdsson. Number one was Philip Coutinho. Okay, so we Sorry. we all had Sanchez, didn't we? We had Sanchez. Yeah. Me and Tom had Danny Drinkwater. Yeah, I I still I don't know. I'm I'm fighting for my number one to be staying there. I think that's the biggest flop. I don't know. I think Stan. I think Stam is a bigger flop because I think Stam's a bigger flop because the thing with the Chelsea thing is, yeah, it wasn't in one transaction as such. Like over the yeah. years, people do, and the way that I suppose the way that Chelsea work as well, they've got so many ingoings and outgoings with all these players on loan. You probably do have to look at it over about ten or twenty players. Yeah, true. Okay, it's a tough. I think I'd I'd give you it if they all went in the same window. Yeah, I mean I don't know whether you want to shaft that from the list completely or. Just I, d- I, d- I do like now. I do like what you've done with it, um, but yeah. Well, so are we agreeing, Alexis Sanchez top? Yeah, it's got to be. I think the top because it's such a big flop. The impact it's had financially, um, and it's still ongoing today. I think it has to be. Number one, and it, it affected both clubs as well. Like Jack said, the Mkhitaryan deal was a flop as well. So yeah, I'll, I'm going with that one. Number number one. Yeah. Cool. So Sanchez number one. Cool. I have got an option that nobody mentioned. That I've just thought of a player who got bought for big money by a not so big club. Didn't put a clause in the contract to reduce the contract whilst at the club, or if they got relegated. Got relegated twice. Oh, I know who you're thinking. Netflix special, yeah? Yep. (laughs) Then refused to move on and ended up being the highest paid player in League One on 70 grand a week. Jack Rodwell. That's surely got to be a disastrous buy. I think you might have just brought it back in, yeah. Yeah, he's he's gone straight in there for me because that's that's horrible for a club like that. That can put him in the situation. Yeah, uh, that's unprecedented, Tom, that you've just knocked one out that wasn't even on the list but yeah I mean if you think about it because in League One that's different level isn't it we, we've been saying about some of these Man United they can afford it and stuff like that Sunderland definitely can't afford it So and they've had to resort to selling making themselves like a laughing stock to Netflix just to get some extra revenue in as well <laughs> yeah uh, no that's, you know, that's a uh, top shout so where are we putting that because that's got, he's pulled that one out of the bag check um how, how does that compare Sanchez, to Sanchez? They can handle. Jack oh, no, I, I, I do think the Sanchez one is worse, just because I don't know. It got to be it was number two. two then. Yeah, number two. Well done, Tom. Pull that one out Thank of the bag. Um, so right, so Sanchez number one, uh, number two is Jack Rodwell. I think Danny Drinkwater should be number three. Um, I think Stan. Stan, because he actually effectively killed United selling him. From being like obvious number one to suddenly, did they? Went, as soon as they leave, did they lose the Premier? Did they? Did they win the yeah, Premier? They, they no, they. So they won three when he was there. Yeah, and then as soon as he left, they won one in five years. Okay, I didn't realize how much of an impact he had. Okay, yeah, Alex Ferguson said it was his worst transfer decision. Or and they it. bought a homeless player as well. If Sir, if Sir Alex is saying it, then it must be it's true. Got to be there. All right, I respect yeah. the decision. I respect your decision, Tom. That's going Danny to Drinkwater definitely fourth, though. Yeah, 
he's just because of the antics um, and the potential that we thought we was buying for some reason. So yeah, Danny Jungle number four, number five. Jack, you got any thoughts? Number five. Um, yeah, I, I I do like the Coutinho shout just because of how much money it did cost and how bad it went for the player as well as the the club as well. I actually think Coutinho should be above drink water, you know. Yeah, thinking about it. Okay, okay, so let's just go for it. So number one, Sanchez. Number two. Jack Robwell, which is a great late shout. Number three, I think we're going with Coutinho, 150 million. Uh, Number four was Japstam. And number five was Danny Drinkwater. Some... Absolutely disgusting transfer decisions. They were all, um, all Premier League clubs, didn't they, at the time? But some some of them sold and some of them bought. It's a, what I've got from this is yeah, like you said, I think Premier League are the ones that splash the cash and waste the cash a lot. I mean, I I don't really whenever I'm watching the Sky Sports News or checking my Twitter feed or whatever, even when I was growing up, you never really hear of any major signings apart from Real Madrid and Barcelona. You never hear them when you make major signings elsewhere. Because um, of the TV money, isn't it? That's They've what it is. They've got so much money that they just think they can spend. When you look at Italy, it's mad. Like Italy let their best players go to each other. Yeah. For like so cheap. It's crazy. But, but that's, that's also how they retain talent as well. Yeah. Uh, mm. Refer back to the old episode, the, uh, the Italian episode that we did. One of the main problems why Italy is struggling now international team is because a lot of their talent is spread out across the world now their talent is not being centralised in Italy yeah Italy may have changed that at the moment I mean I don't know I think the Premier League has had seen some terrible decisions um, but that one that Tom just brought up last minute 90th minute head up on the back post he's put it in the back of the net with uh, Jack Rodwell that that's a that's a game changer. I think that's horrible for a club to be in a position where you can spend what seventy thousand a week on someone who probably won't even perform for him, and you're in League One. He can literally put a club into administration. There was no fans turning up, but this guy's getting seventy k a week. That's ridiculous, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Essentially, what? nearly killed Sunderland in a way because they couldn't afford to buy anyone else. Anyone else they could get in. Could just look and go with Jack Redbores on 70 grand a week. I want a bit of that. You can't really attract anyone in. They didn't have any money. And the fact they've got to go to Netflix and just be made to look absolutely stupid. Parts <laughs> of the nation to have Newcastle fans laugh at them just to get some extra revenue in. It's just, ugh. It's shocking. I'll tell you, the next time's going to be like that Tottenham after losing. To a I so want to see that. United oh, I, this year it's going to be out on is it Netflix or Amazon Prime one of them to see Mourinho join see him giving the lip to Lampard Lampard beating him twice for, to, to now Tottenham being below Arsenal all of a sudden after Arsenal have a terrible season that's going to be a great watch um, right beautiful Jack you've got this week's shout out yeah so this week's shout out it's another podcast that sort of focuses on nostalgia a little bit uh, they're quite new they're called beaten the press podcast so if you put them into youtube uh, they'll come up and they they basically do videos about um like tournaments international tournaments so i listened to one recently about world cup 98 
and I mean they they sort of talk about it from an England point of view mainly, but yeah, they they sort of talk through from the group stage to to the final and stuff, and yeah, it's, it it kind of links back into nineties football, but. I think they're going to do ones going forward to 2000s and stuff. But yeah, if you like your international football, uh, take a listen to that. Oh, that's a cool concept, yeah. I'll have to take a listen myself. Um, no, beautiful boys. Um, some horrible transfers there. Obviously, we've got other podcasts coming out. We won't give away what we've got planned for the next couple of weeks. Um, but what we will say is like, comment, subscribe on the social media at FTLOL Podcast. We've got all the football content you need on there. Uh, obviously, the live Premier League games will be updating on the scores, etc., giving our views. So, yeah. But there's one thing you've got to remember. Jack, what is it? Keep it FT low. That's it. Beautiful. Thank you, everyone. <laughs> Peace out. See you next week for another For the Love of List segment. Remember to follow our Twitter at FT Podcast and to like, comment and subscribe.